Hello world, you are listening to Town Lead Money Basics, the podcast that helps you improve your financial knowledge. I am your host, Sean Townley. Welcome back to Town Lead Money Basics. In our last episode, we talked about college, investing in education to increase future earning potential. Now that can be for yourself, it could be for your kids, it could be for your grandchildren. What are the education's benefits? Well, you can get certain jobs. Certain jobs require that you have a college degree to be able to get to them. You could be currently in your career, and if you are in your career, then you may need it to advance in your career. So there might be a management or director position that requires a degree. If you wanna switch careers, maybe you're currently in a field that doesn't require a degree, and you wanna move into a field that does require a degree, that would be a reason why you would need to get a college degree going forward. We talked about the cost of college. The, the probably the, the, the lowest cost way to go to college, is, other than getting someone else to pay for it, of course, is to go to a community college. This will allow you to get up to an associate's degree and sometimes they have what's called a two plus two program. So this is typically the most cost effective way to get college education going forward. After that, you're looking at state universities. And if you're in the state, I should have clarified during the last episode, if you're in the state, there's in-state tuition and there's out-of-state tuition. So it wouldn't necessarily be beneficial for you to go to another state and go to a state university because that cost could be up to triple the cost of what it would cost you. So you would want to go to the state you're currently a resident in. Finally, you have private universities. Private universities tend to be more expensive than public universities and community colleges. However, they have more flexibility to work with you on what the cost structure is gonna be because they're privately funded. They're not relying on the state or the federal government in in most instances. So they probably have some flexibility. So the more that they want you, the more that they're gonna be willing to work with you to make the cost of college lower. There's different ways to pay for school. There's scholarships. We talked about grants. We talked about student loans. Be careful with student loans, right? Because you're actually borrowing money You may not even have to start paying it back until after you graduate, but you will have to pay that money back eventually. And as of this time, you know, bankruptcy doesn't help you there because they won't let you forgive that. There's 529 funds, so talk to a financial advisor about that. And then there's the the instrument I like to use would be the Roth 520, the Roth IRA, excuse me, because it's so flexible. Any money you put in has already been taxed. And so you can always use that principle towards really anything you want, but education would certainly be a way of going about that. The, the benefit to that, as opposed to a 529, 529 will need to be used for educational expenses, whereas a Roth can be used pretty much for anything you want. Now, if you want to get what's grown in the Roth, you'll have to wait till I believe you're 59 and a half. Please check with your financial advisor. Well, that was college. And we, we talked about how you know college isn't for everyone. There's There's not everyone needs to go to college. I mean, there's reasons why one would not need to go to an academic university. If you're going to go for a skilled trade, maybe there's another route for you. Maybe you go to a trade school. Maybe you don't go to college because you're not ready. The last thing you want to do is start going to college and making grades or making really poor grades. It's very difficult to recover from that if you start off if you're not in the right mindset. So make sure you're ready to go. And then finally, you want to own your own business. Uh, there's no reason to have a college degree if you're going to be running your own business. So maybe you don't need that. Maybe you do want that education. Maybe you can audit some classes and not pay for them. 
get the knowledge you need or find it in another way, but you don't necessarily have to have a degree to own your own business. So in this week, we're going to talk about net worth. So once a month, I like to sit down and take all the things I own, look at all the things I owe on, right? So loans, mortgages, etc., cetera, and, and add them up to see where I'm at. Now, net worth is what people talk about when for businesses and individuals when they say, hey, what's that person's net worth? It's kind of a scorecard for money, right? It's, it's where you are trying to figure out where you should be maybe in, in a class of, with your peers, but, but also it's, it's just for you to kind of understand what your monetary value, not, it's not your spiritual value or any other kind of value, not your value as a person. It's just a, a, a quick point of check on where you are from a money standpoint in your life at that particular time. I like to do this on a monthly basis because I have a spreadsheet set up and it's, it's pretty straightforward. So it is your money scorecard. It can be positive or negative. So just because, you know, you if, if you have more debt than you have assets, then this could be a negative number. So it is simple math. So we're going to go through that right now. So what is an asset? To, to go back and talk about what assets are, that's going to be things like real estate. So your home or, you know, or, or even if you own land, that could be also real estate. So you would need to find the value of that. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. Automobiles. I know automobiles are typically a liability. They drop. They depreciate. They don't normally appreciate. Although we're living in some weird times right now where it's actually cars are getting more expensive for a brief time. But, but for the most part, cars tend to lose value. But you want to kind of check where you are with that value going forward. We'll talk about that in a moment. Investments. So if you've invested into stocks or bonds or, or any other investments, maybe, maybe other types of real estate that you don't own outright, you would want to consider that as well. What you've put away for retirement. So if you have mutual funds or 401ks, you would want to consider that. Those are assets. Those are things that are going to be given, you know, accessible to you going to the future. And then any cash accounts, if you have money in the bank. So if you have a savings account or a checking account, you want to consider those because that's the most liquid form of what you're going to have. So those are all considered assets. You could also look at other things like things around your home. If you wanted to sell those things, you could try to estimate what the cost is. A simple way of doing that is look at your insurance policy. So if you're a homeowner, you're going to have some personal property coverage. And typically you could take that number as a round number. Again, this is kind of what would happen if I had to liquidate everything, which is not really feasible, but it just kind of gives you an idea. So if you have a house and say you have a policy that says, if you, if you were to lose everything in your house, you would get $100,000 to replace it all. You, you needed to see what that value is, see what it is on your coverage. So you can monitor that. And maybe you could use that number just kind of as a, a nice round figure for what you would have to be able to do the replacement value on those. Next, we have liabilities. Liabilities can be is where you owe other people money. So that's going to be credit cards. So if you, if you charge something on an account and you owe that money and you haven't paid it off yet, that's going to be a liability. Mortgages. Most of the time, you don't own your house outright up front. I mean, if you're, if you're, in a position where you can pay for your house outright, good for you. But most of the time, the bank or the credit union is going to own it until you make that final payment. So you're going to have some mortgage liability that you're going to have. And then any other loans you may have. And these could be loans from 
you know, for, for an automobile, it could be for, you know, a jet ski or a boat or maybe some, some money that you borrowed from a friend, they loan you some money. So you need to take all that into consideration. So we're going to create a, a spreadsheet and we're going to, we're going to kind of step through this process where we'll talk about real estate. So if you happen to own your home, if now, if you lease your home, that is not going to be an asset. You can't count that. If you're in a rental property, you're not going to be able to, to look at that. But if you do own real estate, there's a couple different ways. There's probably a few different ways you can go about trying to figure out what the, what the value of your home is. You could go to Zillow.com to try to figure out what your house is for a rate that's going for or houses that are in your area are going for to give you an idea of what that cost is. You could look at your county tax assessor. So nor normally they, they are going to tax you on the amount of the appraised value of your home. You could use that number if you wanted to, or you could go to a real estate agent and ask them to do some compensations. Look at what things have been selling for in your neighborhood. They can kind of give you an idea based on your actual property, what they would be able to sell it for if you were to want to sell it. So you could, that's the ways you could do that. So on a monthly basis, I typically use the same number for, a, for an entire year. I take my tax assessment. I'll go to Zillow, see what the kind of range is again. This is not a hard and fast number because no one's not buying your house right now or your real estate, but it just kind of gives you an idea of where you are if you were to happen to be in the market at the time. For automobiles, there's a couple of websites out there. There's probably a few actually. You can go to NADA Guides to look up what the value of your car is. You can put in your information, where you live, what kind of car it is, how many miles it has, what kind of condition it is, what types of options you have, and you could put it in and it would tell you, it would give you some rough ideas if you were to trade it in or what the cost of your vehicle would be via retail. You could also use Kelly Blue Buck as another example. And there's some other sites that you could probably check out there as well. On your investments, that's probably pretty straightforward. You could go into your broker account. You could go and look at your investments and see what those are doing. See how you're doing over time. It'll give you kind of a snapshot of the day after the market's closed, if you have mutual funds or your stocks, how they're doing, you can, that's usually a pretty simple place to go. So if you work with someone like a financial advisor and you have all your, your assets in that place for retirement, or if you have a 401k at your company site, you can go check that and put it in a spreadsheet to kind of help you figure that out as well. For, for your retirement, it's kind of the same boat. If you have your retirement to the same places, if it's just with your employer, with a 401k, you may have to go to a couple of different places if you have a pension, or if you've left a 401k at another job, you would have to go to that site's and get the statement, that monthly statement where you are right then. So typically, like I said, I like to do this on the first of the month as kind of a snapshot. And then you also would want to check with your bank accounts, find out what your checking account and savings accounts are, and you can put those all in one place. As far as on the liability side, it's very similar. So if you have credit cards, typically you'd be able to go and see each of the credit cards. You'd want to log into the sites and see what you owe. Make sure you're checking those transactions. I mean, identity theft is very real and I'm probably going to do an episode on that before long or maybe do a, a short series on it because there's, there's a lot to talk about there. But you want to want to check the balances of your credit cards at a particular point in time. Like I said, for me, it's the first of the month. You want to look at your mortgage, look at your mortgage statement and see what you owe on your, on your land or your, I'm sorry, your home, um, or your, your condo. You can, you can see what that is and you put that in there and you put that as a negative number. 
you want to check your loans. You want to check out any kind of loans you have, like car loans or jet skis or boats. You want to check out those loans and see where you are. Put those numbers in. So you take all the things that have positive value, your assets, and then you subtract all of the things that you still owe money on. That's going to give you your net worth. It's as simple as that. If you theoretically were to liquidate everything, which is not feasible, mind you, this is just kind of an exercise to kind of get your head around, you know, a what if type of scenario. It's a, it's a scorecard for a particular point in time. That's all we're really using this for. It's not to meant to be, hey, I can go out and spend this money right now because a lot of what you have in assets are not going to be liquid. I mean, it, you, you would have to sell your home. That would take some time. So it's not like you have this money in the bank and you can go spend it, but it does give you an opportunity to kind of see where your net worth is. Now, if you don't own a home and you have a car that's not worth a lot of money, but you have a lot of credit card debt, this could be a negative number. And that should be a big red flag for you. You don't want to see a negative number. So you'll need to take steps. You may have to have a garage sale. You may need to sell some stuff. You want to make sure that you have that emergency fund set up and your emergency fund can be used as an asset, but it's going to be liquid cash. So even though you're counted there, again, you're not going to spend it. But if you need to get that emergency account set up, maybe you need to start looking around where you are and taking some steps to build up your net worth. Because over time, you're going to need to build it up. If you ever want to retire in the classic sense, you're going to have to have some things built up, some money built up to help you live in the event that you have an accident or you're going to retire or something you know bad happens. Unfortunately, hopefully nothing bad happens. But if you're not able to work, if you're laid off, or you know, for, for health reasons, you're no longer able to work, you wanna make sure you're putting yourself in a good spot financially. You don't want to try to figure it out once that's happened. So in recap, we take all of the things that we own and we take the value of those things. We go to the different sites like Kelly Blue Book or NADA Guides or Zillow, and we find out what our assets are worth kind of at a point in time, or we talk to a real estate agent. We look at our investments and our retirements. We look at other assets we may have that we didn't talk about. So if, it, if it's earning you money, then you wanna look at that. Next, we're gonna look at everything we owe, whether it's credit cards or loans or any other money that you may have outstanding. It could be a mortgage if you own your home or if you partially own your home, the bank or the credit union owns it. We need to take all those and we need to subtract them. This will give you your net worth going forward. So if you have any questions about that, reach out to me. You can find me at townleytech at gmail.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at Sean Townley or on my website, seantownley.com. Please give me some feedback. I'm looking forward to it. Next time, we're going to talk about credit. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Townley Money Basics. Goodbye, world.